This is Pixel Splitters, your absolute favorite conversation movie news podcast with your hosts, Josh. That is not normally how these things go. And Willis. This is the Critics' Choice. Which I, now that I say that out loud, almost makes it like more damning. Join us each week as we break down the latest movie news, TV news, and general industry news and debate about what it all really means. Dear listener, we are in the thick of award season. Somehow. Somehow. Uh, we didn't plan to be here, nope. um, but life has just brought us here. So yes. we're going to spend a little bit of today's episode talking about the award season. Uh, the Emmys were this past weekend mm-hmm. as well. I don't remember exactly the dates, but the Critics' Choice Awards were a couple days ago as well. Yep. And we're going to we're going to talk through these a little bit. We're not going to do a full run through of all the winners yeah. and losers. Um, it's not anything wildly out of expectation right but there's some things going on uh we're going to talk about the emmys and what's what happened and we're going to talk about the critics choice and how that kind of along with the golden globes is shaping what we're looking at in terms of the oscar race um yes yes so we're going to do that and then we're going to we're going to pivot to the streaming wars a little bit because there have been some claims recently that the streaming wars are over and netflix has won yeah uh which josh and i have some thoughts on that so we will be uh yeah. Kind of kind of hashing out where we actually stand on that. Um, we'll be working through our feelings there yeah. in real time. <laughs> yes. Yes, we will. Uh, but before we do that, Josh, why don't you run us through our weekly releases? Yes. Uh, so unlike last week where we had a ton of things coming out, we actually don't have much coming out at all this week. Uh, for theaters, the only thing premiering is ISS, which... Uh, there you go. I think Ariana DuBose is in it, which I love her, but I don't know what the hell this movie is. I saw a poster last time I was in a movie theater, but I kind of didn't think it was a real movie. I thought it was like an AMC ad, yeah. so I didn't really look at it. And this now I'm realizing- I, I can't even Google. It's a real movie about an ISS disaster something. I didn't look into it, unfortunately. Okay. I don't know that I'll be seeing this, but it's there uh, premiering on the 18th. Um, Yeah, weird. Very 83 weird. on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. Oh, okay. That's not nothing. That's not nothing at all. Um, in fact, I would say that's something. Uh, but that's it for theaters, for streaming, for shows. We have Death and Other Details hitting Hulu on the 16th. Mm-hmm. We have Sort of Season 3 hitting Max on the 18th. We have The Woman in the Wall, which is a new series hitting Paramount Plus on the 19th. And we have The Hasbin Hotel hitting Prime on the 19th as well. A bunch of stuff that I've never heard of, but you know, it's there yeah, for there all go. of you for movies. Not a whole lot, but I will go through a bunch of VOD releases because it is important. We now have Napoleon on VOD, um, and I believe it should be hitting Apple TV Plus sometime soon. Mm -hmm. Speaking of that, Killers of the Flower Moon is officially on Apple TV Plus to watch for free, which is why everybody's watching it right now. I have now paid too much to watch that movie. (laughs) You definitely, not as much as I have. Um, Fair. I've paid probably about 40 bucks to watch that movie. Um, anyway, we also have He Went That Way, hitting PVOD. Um, that is the movie with Jacob Elordi and Zachary Quinto, which had yeah. a trailer. And I thought it was releasing, and it didn't, and now it's on PVOD. Um, Can we, like, Jacob Elordi, just like, out dude, of nowhere and everywhere all of the everywhere i mean yeah. he's been kicking around for a little bit but what we've got priscilla we've got Saltburn, we have uh this he went that way mm-hmm. um and there's another one floating around that he's doing right now right yes he's in um, a couple this year um 
that I can't even recall, but I know that he's he's got a couple coming out this year, That's and a... he's also you know obviously in Euphoria. Um, oh, and he's playing uh, the monster in uh, Guillermo del Toro's Frankenstein. That's right. Yes. Yes. Yeah, he's around, and he's, he's... getting a ton of work, which is good. He's a good actor. You know, no, yeah. nothing against Jacob Elordi, and he's a beautiful man too. So who? You know, I will say I don't think I've seen him in anything yet. So, <laughs> well, he's good. I just take my word for it. He's really, really good. Uh, the Marvels is also hitting VOD on the 16th, which I'm kind of like, I'm surprised that didn't just go straight to Disney plus, I but, am too. you know, it is what it is. They're trying to scrape a little Get bit whatever out of money they can. Yeah. <laughs> like, can we pass that 200 million mark? Uh, Taika Waititi's next goal wins hit VOD on the 16th. Wow. That really came and just went came fast. and went crazy. Didn't <laughs> hear anything about, about it. it nothing there and then the one i'm really excited for is daniel kaluuya's directorial debut the kitchen is hitting netflix on the 19th there's been no press for this unless you're following daniel kaluuya on instagram there's been nothing um which i think is really weird because this is kind Mm. of like the ultimate netflix movie that might actually be good you know um dystopian sci-fi epic uh starring uh a famous person directed by a famous person i'm kind of like yeah let's let's do it um i gotta put that one on my to watch list yes i did oh i have this is not for you listener but i do have a list of 2024 releases i think i sent it to you and i put Ooh. everything that i have seen in a letterbox list so i'll resend all it right. to you if you need all right yes please um but either way that's what's coming out this week folks and without further ado let's talk about the emmys yes do you feel before we get to the Emmys, do yeah. you feel like you're drowning in TV things to watch? Uh, no, because I just kind of don't watch TV anymore. Fair, fair. I feel like I am drowning in TV things to watch. And I feel like that's been going on for a little while, you know? Yeah. But it feel, I feel, it's becoming more acute that I'm just like, oh, Whoa. like every week you say something and I'm like, oh, okay. Here it comes. <laughs> I, I, need a, I need a letterbox for TV, which as far as I can tell, it doesn't really exist. Well, serialized. Ah, is literally Letterbox for TV, and this year Letterbox is introducing TV shows to Letterbox, which I'm kind of like, don't do that. That's going to make things really chaotic. But apparently, you can switch it on and off. You can turn it to just movies or TV. Mm. Interesting. But all right, serialized I use right now regularly. So uh, okay, um, there. And we you go. can break it down by every episode, rate every episode individually. Yeah, I don't. I I don't need so much the like rating of them. I need the like. What have I seen? What are the 15 things that I'm supposed to be watching instead of going back and, you know, watching more episodes of Parkinson Rec right now? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Serialized. Check it out. It's not bad. There um, we go. But anyways. Anyways, uh, on to the episode. So the Emmys happened. Um, yeah. They were this past Sunday, um, I mm-hmm. believe. Yes. Sunday uh, night. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. It's weird. They they just kind of happened. Um yeah, they seem to be well produced. The general yeah, it was reaction to it has been positive, um, much yeah. more positive than the Golden Globes. But yes, that also kind of seems to happen every year. Um, I don't I think, think people yeah. expect much from the Golden Globes. <laughs> Not a big thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. What do we have to talk about with the Emmys? Well, one thing that stood out to me, because again, I will say this, I don't know if we said this on mic, but neither of us watched the Emmys. Um, That's true. So everything is coming after the fact, much like the Globes. I do know Anthony Anderson uh, was the host, which I'm like, you. that's an awesome choice for someone to host the Emmys. Um, I'm sure that he killed it. I heard that he was a huge hit, which is great. I'm going to have to now go back and watch some yes. of his monologues and stuff. Um, the other thing 
was that a lot of the articles that were popping up right after were the fact that this was a record-breaking year for diverse wins, which I was like, ooh, that's not something that I had on my bingo card for this sure. year because normally these awards, uh, awards like bodies do not do that. But I think in every single major category, someone of color or different sexual orientation or wh what have you won big. And I was like, mm -hmm. that is no not normally how these things go. Yeah. Which I was like, wow, that's kind of insane. Um, in a great way, obviously. Yeah. But so good on um, them. Um, yeah. I mean, good on that. It's weird. I feel like the Emmys has this ability to sort of ability to sort of stand apart from the rest of the award ceremonies. Yeah. You know, when we get into like the SAG Awards or the Critics Choice Awards or the Oscars or the Golden Globes, and there's like a weird baggage. I think that the Emmys aren't entirely immune to, but yeah, they they kind of stand separately, um, and do. have continued to even as like you know the line between TV and movies blurs more and more. Um, yeah, but I think the big thing I've seen coming out of it is that Elton John is an egot. Um, yeah, no, not <laughs> really. Is. But Elton John got an egot. Um, he won yeah. an Emmy uh, this past this past weekend. But uh, it seems to be just a few shows that really took home any any kind of prizes um the yes. big things we're talking are succession mm -hmm. uh we're talking about the bear and we're talking about uh beef yes um you know i mean su succession took i think home all of the uh drama series acting awards um yep. as well as best drama series the bear took best comedy series as well as all of the, um, you know, acting in a, I'm just confirming that I'm saying all this right here. Well, uh, some of the comedy stuff went to, I think the leads went to Abbott Elementary. Yes. The, right. the supporting went to the bear. Right, 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 right. Um, oh, and I guess Jennifer again. Coolidge won for the White Lotus again. Uh, yes. So ignore what I was just saying. But like, <laughs> really, like, except for a few outliers, like, those are the three big shows. You'd think only four shows came out last year, and that's not yeah, true. Yeah, which is not true at all, and it is weird. Um, I mean, there are other ones represent other nominations, obviously, you know. Um, a lot of talk about Ted Lasso, a lot of talk about... Um, Saul. Better Call Saul. A little sad, this was the that's last it. season for Better Call Saul. Um, mm -hmm. That's Bob it. Bob Kirk, we love you. Um, we do. But... Um, yeah, it's weird. I, I feel like considering what I just said a few minutes ago of like I'm drowning in TV to watch. I swear that wasn't a setup for this conversation. Turns uh, out there's nothing. To turns watch. out like there's only this couple of things. And of the three that took home big things, I've only watched one of them. Right. Um, right. Which and I will sing the praises to the bear again and again and again. And it's definitely deserving. Um, but. It's weird. It is weird. And I'm not quite sure why that is because, yes, beef is great. I thought it was one of the best things that I watched. I can't imagine that it was the best thing that everybody watched last year. Like, and yes, of course, yeah. there are tons of nominees for every single category, but. To land, and I'm not going to say that Ali Wong and Stephen Yun didn't deserve it because they 100% did, 
But it is weird when you see certain shows sweep every category. Like, yeah. How can that really be possible in this day and age? Um, yeah. Unless you know, I don't really know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know how that's really possible. Um, well, and it's weird because you look at like so. If you look at Steve Young in Beef, the other like nominations in that were Taron Egerton for Blackbird, uh, Camille yep. Camille Nanjiani for Welcome to Chippendales, which I don't know anyone who watched that. Yep. Um, Evan Peters for Dahmer, um, which I heard great things about. Um, mm-hmm. Daniel Radcliffe for Weird Al, which is like. That's not a. Yeah. Heck yeah. I did see that that one uh, something, but um, I believe. I don't know. Maybe I'm misinformed. But uh, Michael Shannon for George and Tammy and then Steve Young. So like. Beef not, is. Yeah. <laughs> unarguably, I think save for maybe Dahmer, like the most notable or most well-known um, of those, of all of those, you know. You're definitely right, yeah. And so I, like, I wonder, it's so, it's so weird. I mean, is it a question of the members of the Emmys? I don't know what the, the governing body is specifically named Oh, it's like here, the but, Television Academy or something? Yeah. Um, yeah. are they just overwhelmed with like, I have to watch like 15 seasons of 15 different things, you know, but no, I mean, it would only be one season of anything, you know, but like, yeah, but it, but it's still like, it's the big shows. Like it's not anything yeah. obscure. It's not anything in like, maybe that's also, I mean, it's clearly factored in because you also have, you know, the last of us was in there. Like all the shows that people know of yeah. were represented. Yeah. And that's it like even ted lasso had something in there and and you know but it's it's i I, for you know we talk all the time about how much there is to watch with movies and tv and to have it be boiled down to this every single time and it's getting to be honest it's i think it's getting worse every single year we're now like shortening the pool down to like literally a four or five uh yeah and i nominee pool there was always a thing like yeah i i want to say like Game of Thrones was dominated every year, you know? Sure. Breaking Bad, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, Better Call Saul. But, like, there's nothing unheard of here. Exactly. Um, yes. Nothing. Although I, I feel like I did just go through a, a whole list of things. It's like, I don't even know what that is. But, like, it, it's it's all the big stuff, which, like, there's a level here that I think just the big stuff is all that's breaking through the noise. Um, which. Yeah. I guess it has to be, but it's a weird kind of there's not a lot of like stuff coming out of left field and being like, this is the unsung winner of the like or the unsung like black sheep of the year that's like coming out of nowhere to be a huge player in the Emmys, you know? Right. And and in a time period where there's nothing but shows like that, like black sheep shows, like yeah. it is surprising to me because like you run through like, uh, you know, just the comedies. It's like Barry, Ted Lasso, Jury Duty, Abbott. And Bam. Jury Duty is one that I feel like is like, oh, here's like a small thing that we thought was going to be OK, but like, let's right. go for and it. But blew up. Yeah. I wonder how much this is like the, um, you know, the the. I want to say studios, I guess, channels, yeah. the broadcasters lobbyists lobbies are just going for their big things but yeah i don't know it's weird um it's also weird that the emmys are in january 
Um, these that these is were strange. they were pushed back from I want to say September or October, um, yeah. which is when they usually are because all of the strikes and they're like the strikes. we don't really have actors. To, we can't really do an Emmys do show it. without. Uh, Without the actors, so an empty room and nobody <laughs> comes up to accept their award. <laughs> yeah, like the Golden Globes in twenty twenty one. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So yeah. that's weird. I feel like it's weirdly placed in that, like, we get the Golden Globes, the Critics' Choice, and the the Emmys all in like a two week period. I know. Like, why not roll a February? I, I guess like, there's nothing there. Just do yeah. It. Yeah, all these poor actors that are probably like got to run all over the place, you know. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> looking amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, got to get all dolled up again. Jeez. Oh boy. Uh, so I don't know. It's weird. It's it's dense, and I feel like a lot of people are having the same reaction that we are of like, oh, yeah. the Emmys. Yeah. Um. Yeah, definitely. Which is fine. It's probably hurting their like overall viewership, although they seem to have done okay. They did okay. Um, and again, the outcome of this was totally fine. Like, I had no problem. Yeah. Like, we were like, oh, my God, there's only five shows nominated. But it's like the people who did win seriously deserve to win for what, yes. they, what they were nominated for, which doesn't happen that often, especially at the Emmys, I feel like. I feel like it's a lot of this person won yet again for the same yeah. show. Like, wow, holy crap, unbelievable. And now it's like, you know, uh, Lee Sung Jin took home three wins for beef, which yeah. has never happened in the history of the Emmys, like an Asian person winning three in the same year and then winning for directing, writing. Um, and yeah. I forget, I don't even know what the other, oh, Outstanding Limited Series. Um, and then having Steve Yona and Ali Wong both take home those mm-hmm. awards too. It's like, that also has never happened in the history of Emmy. So it's like, it was a weird kind of um, like a give and take between like, yeah, there's only a couple things, but you know, you do have Io Edibiri winning. You have Quinta Brunson winning again. You have yeah. Janelle James winning for Abbott, uh, Jessica Williams, you know, um, RuPaul winning again, which is, just, you know, that's kind of a, of course type of thing. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, Trevor Noah, like it was, it was, I, w- I might have to go back and watch because I'm sure these speeches were actually really good. They yeah. were, I think they were ones that were probably surprising to the people who won, which is when you get the best speeches, when they're like, I, I'm overwhelmed, I have no yeah. idea, like, holy crap. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Sam Richardson won, Storm Reid won, like, it's kind of crazy, like, just how diverse the, the, the winning uh, slate was. Yes. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. Emmys, they happened. They, they were good. They were good. <laughs> they were good. It's good. Um, we also got the Critics' Choice this past, I, I want to say Friday? I think you're right. It was a weird day, and I was like, yeah. oh, here we go. Uh, it was... So, was it also Sunday? Were they competing? How does that work? Clearly, dear listener, we have done our due dif- diligence. Yeah, of course. We um, as always. Oh, no. Okay. Um, the Emmys were on Monday. They were last night. Okay. So the Critics' Choice was on Sunday. The Emmys were on Monday. Mm, gotcha. Okay. So back to back. Like, that's why it feels so crazy. Um, yes. And this is where I saw the the only clip I saw from the Critics' Choice was Anthony Ramos and Bella Ramsey saying something pretty weird to Ariana DuBose <laughs> about, like, singers and oh, not I being did. a good singer. <laughs> and she is a good singer, so it's really strange. Well, that was the only clip I saw for the longest time was, um, we can start here, I guess, was yeah. I'm Just Ken winning Best Original Song. And Ryan Gosling um, being like, uh... <laughs> what? Yeah. 
Um, which the, I will say the one weird thing is, I don't know, might, we might uncover more weird things, but the one weird thing with this is the Critics' Choice Awards didn't put anything up on YouTube for like a day and a half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, oh, the Critics, like I woke up and I was like, oh, the Critics' Choice Awards were last night. Let me go like look at all the things. And they were nowhere. Right. And I was like, right. Oh, okay. okay. I guess I won't. If you say so. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, we don't usually cover the Critics' Choice Awards in wild detail here. Um, yeah. But given their proximity to the the Golden Globes uh, and given their, I guess, proximity to uh, the Oscar nominations coming, which are, I think, yeah. only a week or two away, right? Like late Very January. Very soon. Um, yeah. We can use this as kind of a good indicator of of what we're looking at. So totally. Yeah. I don't want to run through our whole thing here because we still have another topic on top of it here. But yes. uh, was there anything that stood out to you from the uh, the Critics Choice Awards? Well, so two things right off the bat. One animated film, Gwinta Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Not the boy in the heron. Yes, which is a obviously a difference between look at uh, the you globes. tying us up with like how we started the Golden Globes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, they also did um, nominate Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so they they and had Nimona, a little bit yeah. of a different slate and Nimona. Um, But I was like, okay, so maybe, just maybe, there is a chance. <laughs> yeah, for Spider Verse in this race a little yeah. bit. Um, not that it matters. Like, give it to Miyazaki. Give it to Spider. Like, whatever. Yeah. It's you know who. Whatever. I will be equal um, parts like overjoyed and mad for either one. <laughs> either one. Yeah. It's you know <laughs> a mix of emotions. The other thing is that they did put Oppenheimer in visual effects. Yeah. Um, which the Academy is not doing, which doesn't make any sense. Well, to and me it won visual effects. And it won visual effects because obviously it won visual effects. Like it would win visual effects. Yeah. Why it's not in VFX for the Oscars is a a head scratcher for it's me. It's a question. Yeah, it's, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. The only argument you could possibly make is how much of a boast they made about it not being CG, um, right? But like, so like that's okay. not what visual effects necessarily <laughs> means, you know? Um, exactly. <laughs> yes. So. Yeah. Um, very interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if I, we want to just, uh, the other big one, well, all right. How do you want to do this? You want to run through them or you want to just kind of pick and choose here? Um, I mean, cause we I can kind of run through them cause I don't have much to say okay. about, unless uh, you want to pick and choose. Well, no, let's do, um, best director went to, um, Chris Nolan for Oppenheimer. Yep. yep. Uh, original screenplay went to Barbie, Greta and Noah. Um, Which I was kind of surprised about, honestly. Yes. Yes. Verse, I mean, it's versus May, December, Air, Maestro, Holdovers, and Past Lives. I think Holdovers and Past Lives are yeah. the only real competitors in that one. Maestro, For I sure. think, is really good, but the script is not necessarily the strongest part. Same with Air Definitely. and May, December. Um, yep. All great movies, but like May, December is all about right. the acting, you know. Totally. But the holdovers, I was like, hmm. Yeah. Past lives, it's always an up in the air thing. But I was like, the holdovers is the real, like, that could take everything. Yeah. But, you know. Well, let's, I mean, let's just, like, tag right into that. Because this is where I was kind of leaning towards talking about. Paul Giamatti takes best actor for the holdovers. Yes. 
um, yes. knocking out Killian Murphy. Um, yes. And Bradley Cooper and Leonardo DiCaprio and Coleman Domingo and Jeffrey Wright. But right, right. like everyone has been saying that Killian Murphy is the a shoe in for mm-hmm. best actor at the Oscars. And yet here's Paul Giamatti with a Critics Choice Award and a Golden Globe coming out. Yeah. Um, and like yeah. there is a level to which Paul Giamatti is one of those guys that's been around for a long time. And I don't think he's ever won an Oscar, right? I let's don't all Google. So all of us Google together here. No, he won best supporting actor for sideways. Gotcha. Okay. Right, right, right. Nope. Uh, thank you, Google for giving me the thing and then not like bringing, I don't think he has one. Why is it giving me all of Kiyu Kwan's <laughs> speeches? Hey, Cause why not? <laughs> no. He was nominated for Cinderella Cinderella man in 2006. Okay. So, yeah. So Paul Giamatti of the overdue been all around forever, like has a thing that's doing a lot. There's a conversation to be had here that he could pull this off. Um, Yes. This will be, I think the big one that's like, how much is Oppenheimer just taking everything that yes. Um, Yes. I will also say in the same vein as that, Best Actress did not go to Lily Gladstone, yeah. but Emma Stone for Poor Things, which she also was very surprised about when she when it went to her. Yes. Um, which, you know, this might be my favorite Emma Stone performance. It's so specific and perfect yeah. the way she does it and so difficult. But this is the first time I'm like, hmm. I was like Lily Gladstone for sure will win and should win. I still think she should win. But now I'm like... But will Emma she? Stone yeah. is an Oscar darling. Like she is an Academy darling for sure. She's already won. She's been nominated multiple times. She already won in another Yorgos movie too. Yeah, it's like here's yes. a, a tag team. You know. Yes. Um, and that doesn't mean you know that's not nothing. So <sighs> it's tough. It's, it's, tough. it's tough. It's it's weird because <laughs> it's my the. De- it's weird because the debate in my head is not about which is the better performance. The debate in my head is which way will the politics of the Oscars go? 100%. Yeah. Because, yeah, Emma Stone. And I, I again, I'm saying all this in no way to diminish anything that either of these two amazing women have done. But like Emma Stone, yeah. Oscar darling, Lily Gladstone is a Lily Gladstone winning best actress is a hell of an Oscar moment. Yes. Um, huge. Huge. So it's it's questionable. It's very very questionable. Um, and honestly, either way, they both deserve it. It's, you know, there's no losers here, but it is. It makes me go. Hmm. Both of those make me think that things may not shake out the way that I w- not want them to, but expect them to. Yeah. In a weird way, if Killian doesn't win, <laughs> wild. Oh, oh my god. Um, wow. Well, and. The Oscars doesn't have this this category, but best young actor actress went to Dominic Sessa from The Holdovers. So like, there is a lot yes. of momentum around The Holdovers, and I mean I've said plenty of times there is. I love The Holdovers. That's one of my top five movies so of the good. year from last year. Um, so damn good. But I feel like yeah. outside of that, outside of those ones that we've talked about, it's all Barbie and Oppenheimer. Yes. You know, short of, I think, adopted screenplay, adopted, adapted screenplay for um, American fiction. American fiction. But like, you know, 
Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer, um, Divine Joy Randolph for The Holdovers, which is not an insubstantial thing. But again, we, I think we've said the supporting actress category is not as like quite as cutthroat as the others. It's really not. Um, I mean, out of those, I would definitely choose yeah. Divine Joy Randolph. Yeah. Um, um, but like, I mean, you know, we're just all the below the line. All stuff, the below the line stuff is all one of those two. You know, uh, production design yep. for Barbie. Um, yep. Hair and makeup for Barbie, costume design for Barbie. Yep. You know, best comedy went to Barbie, which. Yep. Okay. Um, sure. Score went to Oppenheimer. Yeah. It's like um, the, there's outside of the, the, the actor categories and the best picture category, obviously. Um, yeah. We're looking at two major players. Yes. Um, yes. I I do want to throw out there that uh, Godzilla minus one was nominated for best foreign language yes. film, which I am just over the moon for. Like that is so cool. I don't know that it will be Japan's entry to the Oscars. I'm not really sure. I feel like that's already been worked out. Um, but I would love to see it there. I don't think it'll win, but that's really cool. But yeah, you're right. Other than that, it's literally Barbie and Oppenheimer and the holdovers. Um, and- uh, Japan chose Perfect Days. Uh, for oh the Vim Vendors movie, yes, yeah. Um, for uh, damn, God, I'm sure it's good, but come on. Well, and that, but that's for foreign language film. There's nothing to say that it can't get nominated for something else for VFX. It's true. It's very true. Um, so but, I mean, Critics' Choice, like that's that's there you go. Um, there was a great moment with um, they did a the the see her award to America Ferreira, which she gave mm-hmm. uh, a great speech um, from that. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, so I mean, we're neck deep in award season here. Um, Wait, hold on. Saltburn was nominated for best picture. Seems that that way. is that is shocking. What the fuck? Okay, we can got to that is got to round out the to top me. ten. Got around at that. Burn? I haven't seen Saltburn yet, so I don't know. Anyway, anyway, Saltburn gets to be in, not gets to. That's like mean, but like Saltburn <laughs> is in the conversation whether you want it to be or not, Josh. I know, I know, but for Best Picture, good go, good God. I mean, yeah, you know what? It is over Anatomy of the Fall. Okay, anyway, anyway, <laughs> and this is this is the critic's choice. I know. <laughs> Which I now that I say that out loud almost makes it like more damning. Um, makes it a little worse. Yeah. yeah. Um so yeah. Yeah. So anyway. We are we are knee deep in into I think I said neck deep earlier, so I'll say that again. Neck deep into awards yep. uh territory. Yes. Very much so. Uh the Oscar nominations come out. Let's find an actual date here. Are coming out on January twenty third. Um, very next week. So we will have them next week for you. Yes. We're going to have to record. We're going to record on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. And at work, we're going to be looking at them. (laughs) I know. That's what Tuesday is going to be. Lord. Okay. So, yeah. Nominations come on January 23rd. Uh, The 96th Academy Awards um, are on March 10th. Um, So we've got some time to catch up. Although I will say, I think, like you said, I feel like I am deeper already into the list than I've ever been before. Yeah. Save maybe in like film school. Sure. Um, sure. Yeah. But uh, maybe not even, but I don't think I was seeing this. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So good on us. Yes. Pat ourselves on the back. Um, let's take a shift here. Yes. Let's talk about streaming. Yeah. 
and Netflix. And Netflix's supposed winning of the streaming wars. Yeah. So there's really like one big thing going on here. Um, And that is studios have started sending or licensing their films to Netflix when they have their own streaming platform. Yeah. Big, big Um, streamers. Big streamers. Yeah. So I think... (laughs) Uh, the the actual thing that's going on here is all of Netflix's top 10 movies right now. And this is from, you know, a week ago or so, but uh, are from legacy studios and nine are from studios with their own streaming services. So we're talking about like Aquaman mm-hmm. and Super Mario Brothers and John Wick and the Meg or, or Meg to the trench. Oh, God, um, he says with disdain. Oh. But yeah, so it, essentially it's like we hit a point for whatever reason where HBO or sorry, Max and Paramount and, you know, a couple of these other ones are sending things to Netflix, which they haven't done for a while. Yeah. Since they had their own services. Yeah. Yeah. It's very weird to, to sort of see a, I think Max is for me the weirdest one. Definitely. Like Paramount and like Peacock and, you know, a couple of the other ones, maybe Disney, like, are smaller. Mm-hmm. But the idea that there are Max movies or Warner Brothers movies on Netflix right now is kind of strange. Yeah. And HBO Max, it's not like they've just started. Like, HBO Max was one of the streamers that hit, Yeah, like, I mean, it must have been, like, not 10 years I mean, ago, they hit, but a while they ago. Hit, well, Max hit during COVID. Yeah, like for real. Like, yeah. Like they had their whole like HBO Now Go, and yeah. HBO Go and all that for like a couple of years. But like 2020 is, it was late 2020 when they landed on HBO Max. Right. Um, and kind of consolidated all of this stuff under that platform. Um, and we've switched to Max now since the Warner Brothers Discovery merger. Right. Uh. But I can't, for the life of me, really fathom that David Zaslav is like, let's put Aquaman on Netflix. Dude, The Flash is free on Prime right now. Yeah. Like, that's crazy. (laughs) So the question here is like, why? So I think Netflix is still by far the largest. Mm -hmm. I think Netflix has the largest consumer base. They do. Over 200 um, so million, there is, yeah. yeah, there is an argument to say that like there are people out there that have one streaming service that they pay for and it's Netflix. Yeah, it's my as family, opposed to me that has mostly, all of them. Yeah. Well, yeah. sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, although I will say I did unsubscribe from stars and uh, Paramount Plus this, over the break. There you go. Because I actually did all the math. I don't know if you can see the post-its behind me. I did all the is math. That what it is that how much I was paying for uh for streamers and not all of those are streamers. Oh, but I was like, like dude. Um, yeah, that would be way too many. <laughs> I don't even know yeah. that many streamers. <laughs> Great visual reference for our podcast listeners. Yes, but yeah, um, yeah. so Netflix is the largest, mm-hmm. um, but like Max is not insubstantial. And David Zaslav is doing everything he can to drive down debt. Do, so that's, I think my opening question is, yeah. do you think Max is subsidizing out all this stuff licensing not subsidizing licensing out all this stuff because like 
They need money. It has to be. It it has to be. Every move that he has made in the last three years has been because of money. Like and and he's been very very yeah. open about that. It's not like a it's not like a well. Secret. And I mean, yeah, they're like billions of dollars in debt. Like, yeah, I, I get it. But, but like, all you if I can watch. If we get to a point where I can find the things that I watch on Max somewhere else, anywhere else, yeah, I'm I'm dumping my Max subscription. Well, that's the thing. I don't have Max right now. We have it in the living room, but I don't personally have it. But yeah. oh, the Flash is there. Oh, Aquaman's like I don't need. I've realized now in the last couple weeks, like I don't think I really need Max. I don't watch the shows on there anymore. Like I don't really yeah. need these things. And I think that's where a lot of people are happening are coming to. And it's like, is he just he's only focused on the dollar because he's not understanding that this is ruining the brand of HBO Max almost beyond repair. Because if people start to believe that the stuff that think that they thought was only on Max will then eventually show up on other streamers, which was always the thing. Oh, Peacock is going to be the home of everything NBC and Universal. Mm-hmm. Paramount, all the which is just not true. I mean, all the Mission Impossible movies are on Prime. Like it's like yeah. Once people understand that's not the case, they're going to start unsubbing like crazy because they're like, well, why would I sub to this? Because that's no longer going to have the things that I yeah. subbed for it. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, and it becomes a question of like, I mean, I try and like keep in open mind i guess is the phrase but not really but like sure. max is a ton of discovery content now too you know what i mean I know. like all of the discovery content and all of the like home makeover and 90 day fiance and all that stuff is there and i don't know if that is available elsewhere mm-hmm. um i suppose i could have done some basic research but i didn't really you know come to this thought until this moment sure. so uh so is like is it just a question of what we're willing to license to other Mm. teams or to other streamers yeah um or is it like redefining what max is um or redefining what par- it, it's weird because i feel like max and like disney like you can I'm, I'm looking at a list of like streamers here um it's got netflix prime disney max paramount hulu peacock uh apple tv and stars and i'm like you can look at that and you can pretty much guess at this point the ones that aren't going to be around in a couple of years yeah um you know what i mean like and that's just kind of you know i mean like disney and hulu and espn plus are gonna have some kind of reckoning in the next couple of years definitely paramount's talking about merging with i don't remember who showtime um no well that already, that already happened, happened but there was a there was a conversation about selling paramount uh to um it's gotta be a it's gotta be a huge one was it not hbo it was not hbo oh maybe it was yeah it was warner brothers discovery that's yeah, what it was yeah i remember you um, texting me about that yeah. yeah 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 so like to go back to our original question i guess is have has netflix won the streamer wars like i I hate to give the credit to the person who wrote that article because I think it's kind of ridiculous. It is kind of a garbage article, yes. But I think they're kind of right. And I think that like everyone was off their rocker, us included, to believe that anyone else could possibly stack up to Netflix because they were the biggest, are the biggest. You can't have 250 million people also sub to HBO Max. Like They're not going to do that. 
you know, yeah. because Netflix was, and here's the thing, cable, people just started calling TV cable when cable was a thing. People yeah. talk about TV as if it is Netflix. Like Netflix is, oh, it's on Netflix. It's become a little more diluted because of all the streamers, but people are still like, oh, it's on sure. Netflix. Oh, I'm going to turn on it. Like that's what replaced TV. You can't just then go in and say like, yeah. oh, well, it's streaming. It's not streaming. It's Netflix. Like that's what it yeah. is. And I yeah, think that's a what brand the bottom line is. So, Absolutely. Like how could you, how could anyone yeah. compete? <laughs> I'll buy that. I'll buy into that. Yeah, it's one of those. It's like if the war ended today, yes. if we were going to say the, the Netflix war. is clearly the winner. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and say what you will about their price increases and all that kind of stuff. If everything just kind of if we flow back to like 2016. Yeah. Where Netflix was like the only game in town and everything was on Netflix. Yeah. You know, like when if Peacock goes under and, you know, Parks and Rec in the office and 30 Rock and all those go back to Netflix, then like, hell yeah. Game over. Yeah. But like that kind of becomes the question is if the war ended today, then yeah, absolutely Netflix. But in five years, are we going to be looking at a different playing field? Are we going to be looking at Netflix versus prime versus max versus Disney? You know what I mean? And everything else, everything else, you know, like Hulu, Peacock, ESPN, Paramount, Apple, Showtime, Stars, Stars, Paramount, Showtime, AMC, Criterion, yeah. Shutter, like all of them. Just go. That all folds into one of those three. Yeah. Four. That's a different conversation. And that's, I think, if we're talking about four versus 10, mm -hmm. you're going to get more people that are going to just subscribe to all four. Definitely. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, because, like, if all of the Criterion stuff, if Criterion folds into max we'll say and i say that only because some of the godzilla stuff is on criterion and some of it's on max true tcm um, so criterion yeah that's like where my middle ground so like if that all folds into that and then paramount folds into max and then you know i think apple will just keep being apple plus they don't give a fuck you know what i mean yeah that like they'll be like yeah we're over here we're like everybody else has 300 million subscribers and we're over here with our 20s million subscribers and we love it and it doesn't matter um, we have killers of the flower what are you gonna use, use an android yeah <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah like then that's a different conversation but i like yeah if the war were to end today then netflix wins but i don't think this battlefield is gonna stay the same for very long yeah you know yeah and i think it all depends on what gets folded into what and like, you know, like say Apple goes nuts and buys HBO and Disney. Well, that's what I was thinking because yeah. there's outliers in this race because Prime, Disney and Apple are like, they don't give a fuck about the streaming service. Like it's not about yeah. that for them that they have that because they're like, wouldn't it be great if we also had content? Like Prime, like Amazon, Apple, and Disney, yeah. like they make their money elsewhere. This is just icing on the cake if they could do it. So I almost put them in a different category because they're not even in the race. Like their race doesn't end at all. Like if, if everyone went away or if there was 40 million streaming services, I think they'd all still be there because it doesn't really matter to them. In the grand scheme of things, I think Netflix will always come out on top because of the fact that it is 
it's the first one. It is that one that people yeah. can continue to go back to. HBO, I don't I don't think Max is in that conversation at all. Like I don't know that many people who still have Max because yeah. of the fact that things keep swapping to other channels and there's yeah. just not that much on there that people want to watch right now. Like yeah, Last of Us comes back and we'll you know, we'll all subscribe for a couple months for that or like, you know, sometimes yeah. six, you know, succession's well, over, but Well, they don't have the huge tent poles. Like, you know, yeah. they have like House of Dragon will come back mm-hmm. and, you know, that'll be a thing. The boys. And uh True Detective just restarted. Oh, what, we're talking I watched about HBO, my HBO yeah. last Yeah, yeah, like True Detective just restarted. I watched that last night. Yep. Um there's there's stuff but like the, there's something to be said to here um just to i we can kind of maybe cap off around here yeah yeah um, we'll see where the conversation <laughs> we'll see goes. What happens. but uh if you look at netflix i think netflix is doing a better job than really anyone else at capturing non-streaming based original content mm. so a lot of the Netflix originals and things like, like I feel like Netflix original has more of a wide net that it's casting than like a max original or like, you know, um, like you talk about Peacock and Paramount and Disney, like those are all just like extensions of the studios. Right. Whereas Netflix is creating plenty of their own content. Sure. Mm -hmm. But also going out, and capturing a lot of like the independent stuff that's being made and this the the um festival stuff that's going around you know like they're still a major player in that and they have the 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 funding to do that and i think prime might be kind of competing on that level but they're not as well known for it Mm -hmm. which makes it harder for them to kind of capture that so like like netflix i feel like this is kind of where we're we're rounding here is Netflix is in a better position than anybody else. Yes. Um, and they were, they were there first. So I think they're, they're more established, but I don't think any of the other streamers are like trying to get to the same stance that Netflix has. Right. So I agree. And I guess maybe it's not, maybe this isn't a race. Like maybe that's what it is. It's not a race. It's, it's like, how are these all going to just live in harmony? It is a race for the smaller yeah. guys because they're just hemorrhaging money and don't know what to do about yeah. it, but they were never going to succeed anyways because it costs a ton of money to upkeep a streaming service. Yeah. And Peacock is heartbreaking because I watch Peacock I more than anything else. I, I really do. You know, yeah. um, <laughs> but also it's like Peacock could, like we said earlier, Peacock could dump all of those major shows that they have chilling there. Like I'm not going to Peacock for their original content. No. Maybe you know, well, I'm going for the shows I've watched. Some of their universe. Well, they put the universal movies on there though, so like people will True. go there for. And honestly, I don't know if Peacock is doing poorly. I actually have not heard anything about it. I've heard a couple things where oh. it's like they like they're 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 not as bad off as like some of the other Paramount, ones. Paramount, yeah. <laughs> cough, Paramount, cough. Yeah. Uh, but like Peacock is, yeah. It's they're, yeah. There's only so many. I don't know. There's only so I was going to say there's only so many times you can watch The Office, but that's just that's entirely just not, not true. true at all. <laughs> um, so I don't know. It's weird. Um, as uh, as part of my streaming review and consolidation, I now have ESPN Plus mm. because I was paying for Disney and Hulu separately. Oh, God. 
because I'm an idiot. And then I looked and I was like, oh, it's like $10 cheaper to have these two together and, and ESPN, ESPN plus. plus. Um, so that's weird. I don't know. And it's like, I don't know what I'm supposed to watch on ESPN plus. They don't have football. So I know. Like, so like uh, hockey. I mean, yeah, hockey, baseball, sure, but I don't know. I also found out that I've been paying for the NFL network for like a while but, without realizing But not it, watching so. it? But not watching it, yeah. So, well, you know. Go, Willis. That's what they are hoping for, quite honestly. Um, so there we go. There we um, go. Are we landing on pretty much Netflix in a better position than anybody else? Yes. Um, not winning. Not They haven't not won, winning. but they are in yeah. the best position. They're in the lead. Yes. Uh, but the wars aren't over. They're not over. Not far from over. And who's even competing? Like who who knows at this point? Yeah. You know? Um yeah. It's like a war it's like it's like a battle where everyone's just like, we could just stop fighting. I know. Can't we all just get along? Actually, isn't every A twenty four movie going to Max? Yeah. That's pretty big. Yeah. Max is not like like just dying without a fight here. Max is still going with it. And like once Max gets past its $2 billion debt or whatever the yeah. number is, that's going to be a very different conversation about what they're doing. Cause if they can last through that, which like yeah. it is a massive company. Yeah. Warner brothers discovery is huge. Warner brothers discovery did fucking Barbie. Yeah. yeah. I know that because in the background of the Mattel office, there's a Warner brothers discovery building. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, so they're not, they're broke, but making money. Yeah. So. And good, and good material. And despite whatever Zaslav is doing, they're still like well-regarded. Yeah. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I still watched True Detective as soon as it came out. Because, yeah. Fuck yeah. Of course. Also, um, I loved that when Barbie hit Max, dude, they did a full spread and not just that but they did movies that inspired Greta Gerwig they did I took a screenshot yeah. because it was literally like the entire front page it was like movies from Ryan Gosling movies from Margot Robbie um, movies from it was like insane yeah. Do, best to double that features point, with though, Barbie I was like whoa <laughs> to that point though you can also stream Barbie on Amazon and Hulu right now I know yes and YouTube but like but like whatever nobody, stop it YouTube <laughs> um, stop doing that yeah, yeah, which is like, uh, it's, it's, it's also off. playing on HBO cable, sure, which is. I've discovered when I just typed stream Barbie. Wow. Um, okay. But it's like playing tomorrow and then Thursday and then Sunday, like, so, but it's also Barbie. So like, it is, it'll, you know, it'll do numbers wherever it is. But anyways, yes, Netflix is yes. the lead. We don't know if it's real race at this point. Um, but we'll see in the next couple of years, man. Like things are going to start going away fast. I guarantee yeah. it. Um, yeah. Because it's unsustainable. But yeah. Um. Speaking of Netflix, should we do some recommendations? Yeah. Let's bring it home <laughs> to some recommendations. Uh. So our prompt this week, uh, is gonna be. I don't think we even planned this based on our our conversation there, but no. uh, is gonna be a recommendation of a Netflix original. Yeah. Um. Which can be any number of things um yes but uh what do you got josh i uh i want to shout out letterboxd again because 
whenever I'm like, how do I find a a comprehensive list of all of these movies from one thing, go to Letterboxd. Yeah. Someone's made a list of them. It's all, all there. It's yep. right there. Like, it's just the best. <laughs> it's That's the how best. I found my Godzilla and Kong list. Exactly. It's just fantastic. Um, but anyhow, uh, do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Uh, you can go first if you want. All right. Um, I'm going to go with a movie that I didn't see on our recommendations list when I looked, so I hope I haven't recommended it before. I love this movie. It was recommended to me by a friend it is a movie called The Half of It, um, directed by Alice Wu, uh, which is about a young girl who is kind of an outcast, and she uh, basically makes some extra money on the side by doing homework for, you know, her peers and whatnot. Some of the some of the less uh, educationally inclined folk, and mm-hmm. <laughs> it becomes this thing where you know she starts to do the she starts to do homework for this football player who actually really likes this other girl that she likes. And then he wants her to start writing letters to the, it's kind of like a Cyrano kind of thing, honestly, (laughs) where she is writing the letters for him to this girl. And it's kind of funneling her own feelings through it. And something that could be super cheesy, super corny, super lame is just lovely. It is just really Hmm. heartwarming, really simple, but also just like, like there's a twist in it because obviously like like she's gay, but she's also like a Chinese immigrant. So her father, like it's just this whole thing that comes off really, really beautifully. Um, and it's just charming, um, heartwarming and, you know, just an easy watch that doesn't always come through with Netflix movies. Nice. A lot of times it's like, it's May, December and you got to watch it right now. It's like, no, <laughs> this is just a really good movie that would have just been on cable at some point. Um, but I love it. So the half of it, it's on Netflix. Obviously, it's a really, 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 really good time. So nice. Yeah. Cool. What's what's it called? The half of it. The half of it. Yeah. Half of it. Nice. Good stuff. All right. Um, I'm gonna go with one that I debated about a little bit if I really wanted to recommend it. It's Red Notice. <laughs> um, it's Red Notice. Uh, <laughs> the stellar Oscar-worthy film. No. Uh, it's a film from 2020 called the trial of the chicago seven yes um which is an aaron sorkin uh joint um written and directed by him i believe it was the first one he directed yeah um and i mean those of you who know me know i am a massive aaron sorkin fan Mm -hmm. um and this movie is good yeah this movie is good this movie is solid i think Mm -hmm. it's not like stellar Mm mm-hmm um, but there is a lot of great drama in this. There is a lot of great performance in this. Um, you know, just Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Sasha Baron Cohen, Daniel Flaherty. Um, I mean, Michael Keaton. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, Yaha Abdul-Mateen. Mm-hmm. I, I hope I'm, I'm pronouncing that correctly, yep. but, but like Mark Rylance, Jeremy Strong, Alex Sh- like Eddie Raymore, it goes on and on. And, there's something the the energy that Aaron Sorkin brings to his scripts comes through in his directing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a, a kinetic energy that like is palpable through the whole thing. And it like doesn't quite hit at the level you want to, but it is really interesting to watch. And it is really like historically interesting to watch and yeah, like timely. I mean, this was, you know, this came out september of 2020 mm-hmm. um you know yeah nine months after the january 6th riots right um and was you know timely 
Um, yeah. But a great watch. And I don't know. I, I, I want more from Aaron Sorkin. Um, yeah. Always and forever. <laughs> yes. And that's the other thing, too. It's like, okay, Aaron Sorkin writing another courtroom drama. Like, I'm yeah. in. And I, I think this movie is not a perfect film, but it is overhated. I think people are kind of like, oh, it just yeah. doesn't work at all. I'm like, I didn't find that. It's not perfect, but it's deeply yeah. entertaining. <laughs> I will say, I, I I think I said it's his first director. Molly's Game was his first. That's right. Um, And he did Being the Ricardos, too, which was... Uh, I heard it was not... not which was... It didn't hit quite the same as <laughs> Chica- Trial of the Chicago 7. Yes, so. yes. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that'll be it. Um, yeah. All right. Awesome. Josh, uh, let's bring it home. Where can yeah. people find you on the internet? Uh, people can find me on the internet on both Instagram and Letterboxd at Josh J. Fuller. And uh, where can people find you on the internet, Willis? You can find me on Instagram and Letterboxd at Willis Film. Uh, if you follow me on Instagram, I'm doing a uh, charted review of every movie I watched this, this year. Yeah. Um, which is crazy that I'm already up to 10 and it's like freaking September or September January 16th yeah <laughs> uh but uh if you want to find the podcast you can find us at pixel splitters uh on Instagram and Letterboxd where you can find all of our recommendations including the half of it and trial of the Chicago 7 indeed um I feel like as we go on I'm just getting worse at these kind of like at the little where you can find find me on the internet uh, <laughs> it's okay I'm losing it where it's at the end of the episode what can they expect we've just talked for an hour and a half my brain hurts y'all about yes. netflix <laughs> and yes. now we gotta bring it home. um and now we gotta bring it home it home it has been brought yes um indeed so dear listener as if as you may have heard during the podcast here mm-hmm. uh next week we'll be bringing you our oscar nomination uh episode yeah, yeah. which is huge um yeah I think probably the week after that, we'll be doing our um, most anticipated of 2024. Yes. Megapixels. We can't get too far ahead. I know. uh, Before (laughs) we we do that one. So Megapixels coming at you. And um, yeah, we're into 2024 properly now. Yeah. Um, We're still going strong. Yeah. (laughs) We say it every week, um, but like it's so much fun doing this podcast. Yeah. yeah, and it makes us watch more movies, makes us a lot more in tune with the it industry and what the so hell is going movies. on. And like, it's just, yeah. it's fascinating as two people who went through film school and like, like, this is what, this is why we do it, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's true. So, yeah. So there we go. Um, with that, end of pop. <laughs>